general, like, you know, you wanted to go for that one. You're just going to go a little deeper. A little deeper. Mm-hmm. Balls oh, deep. I got to tell you about the naked people at the beach, too. Naked people at the beach. Yeah. Well, we are recording now, so let's talk about the naked people at the beach. Right. Right after the introduction. There we go. Hello. Hi. And welcome. Welcome back. To Everything's Fine. Everything is fine. With Georgia. And Yoni. And Yoni is here, Yoni's too. Yoni's here. Yoni's here. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine. You're, everything's fine. Everything, we're, everything we're, is fine. I'm on my third, mm, second or mm. third drink? Third drink, I think. Okay, are you, right. Are you this is the beginning of the third drink. Beginning of the third yeah, drink, Yeah, right, yes. right. Because sometimes you have shots in between and then That's I, right, that's it, right, it, sometimes it, I do. It knocks me off my balance when I'm counting. <laughs> I'm just like, let's just like keep up with each other. Right. I didn't, I wasn't trying to make you feel uh, self-conscious last time. I was just genuinely questioning why we spent... This time putting fresh juice and produce and, right. er, and herbs straight from the garden into these craft cocktails. And then you're like, let's do a shot. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, because there's no sapiosexuality available in a shot. There isn't. It's just, I mean, unless you're into the distillation process. And I'm like, if I'd presented that, I'd be like, look, so this is a really interesting rum. It actually came from, mm-hmm. you know, Grenada. And they did made it with cardamom and yes. orange rind. And, uh-huh. you know, and all, all of a that. sudden it's like, and if you just like sip it, it kind of changes flavor a the way yeah if you first you have to get the aroma you right. have to get the aromatics and smell yep. it and all then that. you and then you sip it and you let it bloom and yeah. all that stuff then i would have been like okay that's amazing yeah especially because this conversation is making me want to take a shot now well because I, <laughs> I mentioned it <laughs> if you if you don't hear him for right. about a minute it's right. because he went to the kitchen to go take no, a I'm shot i'm gonna make myself wait at least that's the idea now <laughs> halfway um, through because we're in we're in we're recording yeah you know but I mean, I mean you could go and you know it's your house you could i do could but you it's funnier if i don't oh yeah yeah you're doing the whole funny thing <laughs> I keep forgetting that you're a comedian. Oh, barely fun. at this point. Yeah, like I haven't. I'm, I've been. I'm just getting back on stage now. Oh, true. You haven't done stand up in a yeah, long time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but the last time was interesting. I was working on some new bits and they weren't working, and then all of a sudden just started talking to people and everything started working. It's that typical thing that begins usually like in the beginning, whenever you're starting out again. You're like you can't really get a grasp on your own instrument like what you're doing what you're try- how you're trying to do it mm-hmm. so I'm there again it's, it's fun you feel like an infant you feel like an infant it's good it's, it's humbling I think that comedians are, have this interesting weird dichotomy where they where they need to get attention from other people and usually what? <laughs> and usually positive or negative attention it doesn't really matter sure of course depends positive, on the comedian depends on the comedian um <laughs> But then also need to feel humiliated at the oh. same time. So it's kind of like this humiliation kink, I think, that happens. Now, that's that's amazing. <laughs> I don't. So I bet you there's like a whole spectrum of co- comedians. Mm-hmm. Of, so I guess, I don't know if uh, improv would work the same way, but stand-up, let's for a moment, mm-hmm. looking at stand-up comics, that would fall, let's say, kind of completely into the humiliation part. And others that kind of fall into more like it's really the thrill of just trying to survive in this context. Mm-hmm. And I think that because I've met comics that really come off as like when I see what I'm what I what I perceive as the humiliation, you know, uh, perverts, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the ones who are kind of compulsively yes. following mm-hmm. that humiliation as opposed to maybe that's my own misinterpretation that it's compulsive already. There's a problem there, you know. But acknowledging that it might be you, just your interpretation is like the first step. So I'm well, already with you. I still, yeah, I still think I'm right. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> but in terms of comedy, I'm not talking about like within a sexual circumstance. I'm talking about within comedy because to me, there's a level of uh, respect that you got to have for the audience. Mm-hmm. And so if you're maybe if you're aware that you are playing with that, mm-hmm. um, I think that could work. But I think that what I'm seeing that as is comedians that are obsessed with bombing. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah. that to me is not striving to be a great comic. That's not really, that's no. not about no. type of comedian. No. That's just, you don't have respect for your audience. And, you know, this this guy basically, he bombed first right after I hosted the show. So I was working, and this was one of these COVID year Mm-hmm. 2020 December or 2021 January. Yeah, outdoors. Outdoors in the restaurant thing, uh, East Village or no Lower East Side. So there were just you know. Tons and the of little cars. thing they used, they built in the street. In the street thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were just so lucky to have eight people out there. Yeah. Uh, in rows of two, pretty much, because it was so narrow. Yeah. And I. Started... Otherwise, you get hit by a bus. <laughs> <laughs> Which might be funny. It depends. <laughs> 
it depends it does. On, it's pretty funny. Depends on the accident. Yeah, Some yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. I was an accident. I mean, so. you know, it's like half of Snoop Dogg's fucking Instagram page is people hurting themselves <laughs> in stupid ways. Um, but but that, that show was difficult for a number of reasons. It was cold. It was outside. It was during that year, and there was not a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Worked hard to get this group ready to go, and then this guy comes up and bombs. And he bombed in a very specific way, which was him talking to the first two people in the front for way longer than he should have because it wasn't working. Mm -hmm. And specifically wasn't working because he started off by saying, you guys dating? And they went, no. And he's like, well, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. And they were like, she says, we're coworkers. And then he immediately started blaming her. Yeah. And it was just, oh, he's not good enough. He's not good enough for you. And it was just, he kept going with it for like three or four minutes. Yeah. And... I walked away just so I could have some positive energy to provide with the show as soon as I had to host. That's kind of something I've learned I've had to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I thought it was more responsible to watch the whole every minute, but you can't. No. You just can't. No. So I uh, walked away from it for a little bit and then came back to it. And then when I came back to it, I saw her trying to take the microphone from him. Yeah. I've never seen this before. <laughs> where I saw aggressive behavior from a, a, an audience member and I agreed with them. Yeah. I was on her side. Yeah. And so then I ran into the same comic probably two or three weeks later, and he uh, we said hello to each other. I didn't bring it up, but then a third comic showed up, and the second comic, the one who I knew who had bombed, started telling the third comic a story about, like, yo, man, I just bombed, like, hard at this show, and I was about to be, like, interrupting and be like, you talking about my My fucking show? Yeah. Kept my mouth shut, which is unusual for me, and then I I noticed that it was, uh, he was talking about a totally different show. Yeah. So it was just kind of like, this is, this is a practice for you. And that's not trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. That's just being proud of the fact that no one has gotten upset with you enough to, I guess, kick you off stage or yeah. fight you or whatever or berate you in front of other people. Mm-hmm. It, it is, it's a bit of a power trip. because I mean, like, whoever has the microphone, you're in charge of how everyone in the room feels it is it's, a responsibility it's very po- it's fit. but i think a lot of people don't see it as a, the responsibility they just see the power aspect i well, this person we're talking about for sure yeah like i the attention yeah. is on me i'm in charge right now right. And it's like you're the kind of leader that shouldn't be a leader because you because you look for the leading role right. and you have no idea like how much responsibility comes with that leading role right that's so beautiful. We've got to this point. Now we can refer to them as authoritarians. <laughs> if the show isn't going well. Ma- micro, <laughs> my, yeah. Micro authoritarians. <laughs> yep. With their micro penises. Right. You know if he had a big dick, he wouldn't be doing that. <laughs> you know. You just, like, you could tell he does that's not amazing. have big dick energy. That's amazing. I'll I wonder s- if that's, like, I wonder if, I wonder if there's you, a What dude, his dick looks like? I wonder, <laughs> <laughs> basically. Okay. In the long and short of it, ha ha. Is that, yes, is yes. Okay. I, I, but not like his specifically. I wonder if there are like big dick people on stage who are just like riddled with the insecurity that they see. Because it sounds ignorant for me to imagine that there would be. What do you mean? A person with a big dick who's insecure on stage. Insecure, who's insecure on, mm, I, it's hard, comedy is so specific. It's hard for me to imagine someone with a big dick who knows their dick is big going on stage and and, and like bombing in the worst way possible. Like it's one thing to be hmm. like I'm a, I got a big dick in I don't have to be funny possible. right now. And it, there's a difference between I don't have to be funny right now and I'm going to antagonize this audience. Those are kind of, those are different energies. That is true. They they are different. I just I never imagined that that would stop that the, the their their dick size would actually stop the the fear of public speaking and 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 the, the need to be funny. Oh no 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 not not stop that. I'm just saying the you know the the. The emotions that he enlists that, I'm sure, of course, we're talking about he. It could be a woman or a man, but chan- chances are you're talking about a stand-up comic, you're talking about a man. It's just it's just kind of how the dynamic goes. There's, yeah. there's just way more men doing it than women doing it. Right, especially if you're talking about with dicks. Way more well, men, you should. Yeah. Yeah. Than, <laughs> so, than women with dicks. There are just, more. Yeah, there's just way, you know. There are more. There are just, there are more. Yeah, there are more. Um, <laughs> men don't own manhood. What, what is that? Men don't own sperm. Men are the only ones who produce sperm. Oh, man, we, get, we did it. We there did we, we went. We went full circle. Yep. Even though we did not have the beginning of that conversation yeah. on record it's more of a you you know where we're going you yeah. know you know what's happening it's here. a keychain ring <laughs> a keychain ring yeah got a little place where you can slide it <laughs> but yeah i for me like someone if someone is doing bde on stage and bombing i it's right. a different energy it's not it's not like angry antagonistic i am upset with life and i'm gonna make sure every it's what we talked about earlier was like uh misery loves company and joy mm-hmm. loves company it's not right. a misery loves company right 
antagonistic relationship. Right. It is a, I don't have to try that hard. I'm good. What's right. up with you? I mean, I what you're saying like does mellow. make sense. It's just so interesting to try to figure out. Do you think there's a similar thing for, for women on stage? Ooh. No. Really? No. Mm-hmm. I think because it's such a boys club, I, I, I would you would be hard-pressed to find a woman who feels that comfortable not trying on that stage. That makes sense. You know I, mean, I mean? Especially in stand-up. Yeah. Um, specifically, yes. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wonder if there is... Because I've seen energy from... Because there are like uh, there are models that are doing stand-up now. Like, it's a different... Why? different. It's a different time. It sure um, is. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's interesting to watch because there was like, there's different material. It's like they do jokes that kind of like, they learn to do jokes that would fit what people would think they would talk about mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it's just about like anorexia. Hey. You know, and their dad doesn't love them and chill. You know? I mean, that's just, that's just real though. <laughs> like, you don't have to be a model to, to, to you know, to... Uh, Not that you have to. Relate to that, yeah, yeah. Right, to relate to it for sure. But it, it does make sense and ease people into your space if you begin with that. It can get you into a space where they see you as a human. Yes, but that's like super vulnerable. Mm-hmm, yeah. With BDE and with guys who like to bomb, who enjoy bombing on stage, you don't really feel any vulnerability with them. So maybe that's the main factor, is that I think that the women that I'm talking about that I've seen have made this effort and actually seen how to write things like that, where there's a lot of men just being like, I'm on stage still, mm-hmm. and I'm just here. Yep. Because they don't really have to fight for the space. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even when they... If they, once they get there, there's going to be a bunch of other men there, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Which has become kind of like a, it's a detractor for a better, if you're doing an open mic, mm-hmm. it's worse when it's just a bunch of men. Mm-hmm. It's worse, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't know if the same would be true if it was a bunch of women. It definitely wouldn't be true in the same way. It would be worse, but in a different way. <laughs> yeah, but worse, but like, worse, but like it in a way that's probably better for, for comedy. reasons. <laughs> the tension yeah. would be high. The tension would be high, <laughs> but it would still not be funny. It's like I, saying, yeah. I mean, would you rather watch a men's basketball game or a women's basketball game? And it's like, well. Oh, no, no. Would you rather watch an all-white men's basketball game Ooh. or a women's basketball ba- game? And now, it's like, they would, they would both question. be worse for different reasons. That would be, that's an interesting <laughs> question. Yeah. Right. The open mic is like, <laughs> is, is basketball. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, there was something I was going to tell you at the very beginning of this, and now I can't remember. You forgot it? Yeah. Is there yeah. anything I could do to jog your mamari? Mamari. Mamari. Yeah, it was that thing. Uh, <laughs> no, it was that thing. It was just that thing. You. <laughs> doing that thing you do. The only thing it was that it was right when we opened, you said, okay, I know, because of that. Oh, now I got it. Naked people at the beach. Naked people at the beach. Yeah, it's not that important. But I mean, there were, you know, there were. <laughs> Well, just because we were at Brighton, you know, we Brighton were not beach. at, we were not, yeah, Brighton Beach in Brooklyn, which is not the beach where nudity normally happens. No, but New York City does have a topless, you can be topless anywhere in New York City. Well, there's the, but there's like the topless section of the beach. Oh, there is? Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. like okay. there's that, I don't know about legality overall, maybe okay. it's the one that usurps everything. I believe New York City is a, is a topless utopia. <laughs> <laughs> I believe. <laughs> I believe, generally speaking. Well, shit. Yeah. All right, I didn't realize all this. Well, you're not a man, so you would never have to know that. I'm not a man? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait. Wait a minute, what? Hold on a second. This is a new reveal for everyone on. on the all the, our audience members. <laughs> you know what I mean? By the way, I'm coming out right I'm now as not a man. Coming. That's not how you say that, though, right? Out. What do you mean? Is that how you say what? You don't use coming out for that process. To be like, I'm not a man? Yeah. Oh, you would just be do like, I... Use- you use it for what you are generally, not what you are not. Well, I'm, I'm either way. I'm totally wrong in this case because I am a man. I'm just saying yeah, if that yeah. were if that were happening, you would you would come out as non-binary or, uh, yeah, or yeah. as trans. Okay. But to be like I'm not this, people would be like, but what are, but what <laughs> is it? But what are you? But what? I'm is not really it? coming out. I'm just going to another. Yeah. I'm just. By the way, nope. <laughs> just, whatever, whatever it is you choose to call me, you're wrong. The thing you saw <laughs> is not what I am, That's and right. I'm not telling you the rest. I'm not defined by my penis. I'm not defined by anything. Yeah, exactly. I'm just, I'm not even here. <laughs> I'm not even here. That's the ultimate non-binary. I don't even exist. Okay? Right. Um, right. But, okay, so, yeah, yeah, I believe in I believe in New York City. You are women. 
are allowed right. to be topless. I'm pretty sure in all of New York City. Okay. I cannot speak to the rest of the state okay. or into other places. Well, interestingly enough, the problem was more about men's bottoms than women's tops at this point. Right. Beach. So the whole the whole full nudity thing, I have yeah. no idea about. Right, right. And this is the thing. I think though, also the space in, in Reese that is uh, Reese Beach or one of the beaches, Fort Tilden, is, I don't remember if it was a nude beach completely or just topless as well. It might be full nude. Mm-hmm. But this was in an area where it's not really happening. There's, there's, there was every age group at the beach, children and old people and everything in between. It was kind of packed. And it was on a Wednesday. And we had a couple of, peop- a couple of people get naked. Uh, the first was a guy who looked so hammered, and it was like 2 p.m. And bright, hot sun. It was probably like 87 degrees. And he was, Specifically 87. I mean, it was, yeah. <laughs> this is, that's that, that's that, that, that Jewish stuff. It was 87. It was 87. The wind was blowing. No, not 87. No. Not 87. I don't hate anybody. Okay. I do not hate 7. Well, you know 7 hate 9. I do hate hate. I hate hate. You hate hate. Okay. (laughs) I tolerate anything. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Okay. Enough of that, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, Keep going. Keep going. It's okay because he's Jewish, you know. That's right, that's he's right. He's in the room, so it's okay. Don't you come after me, unless you're Jewish, in which I know you will. Um, it's, you know, whatever. It's, it's all, we all, we all have trouble agreeing. Jews, but Jews see disagreement as a form of intelligence. I think that's what it is. We can't ever be like, yeah, we have to be like, yes, but. Yes, but. If, okay, that's, that's an understanding of it, but we could also look at it this way. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, so a really drunk guy at 2 p.m. Yes. just was like, time for the penis. Yeah, well, <laughs> he was not trying to show it in that case. The one after him was just full naked. Okay. But he was just not wearing very much. Okay. And fell and tried to get up. Ooh. He was wearing like a curtain and he was holding it on one side. So like the left side, his full leg was covered on the right side. It was just like, just a slip. <laughs> just like a little strap <laughs> on the right. And then so when he tried to get up, I saw it from the back. I saw his balls from the back. And I was sitting next to a friend of mine, uh-huh. and I, my friend told, my other friend told me this later. She was like, "You have really calm reactions to crazy shit." You know that? <laughs> because what happened was my friend hadn't noticed, and I did. Yeah. So I just went, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> and he just, and because I went like that, he went, "What? What? What, what happened?" And he went, ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow. And I went into it with him, and I was like, "Yeah, you didn't expect that sun-dried tomato, did you?" Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I mean, first of all, if you, if you, not that you grew up here because you didn't, but if you grew up in New York, that's just what happens. Like, you just get used to crazy sure. shit and sure. it's not a big deal. Right. right? Oh, right, right. <laughs> but, uh. It's nud- interesting because it was a New Yorker who said that to me. Well, okay, I would say, like, but nud- that's true. nudity is not something that you're used to seeing. Like, you're used to seeing, like, crazy stuff, but usually not nudity in New York City. Right. So, like, nudity is still kind of its own thing. Yeah. However,. Yeah, like you grew up in a house with loud noises, so you don't respond to loud noises anymore. You've been yeah. conditioned to be like, oh, loud, okay. It's loud, <laughs> and it's specifically the suddenness. Yeah. And it was yeah. the fact that we had no idea what it was going to be like right. from one moment to the next. You got used to just, to just like, to just flash, bang. Right. And like, oh, and you eventually become desensitized to it. Right, yeah. right, okay. You know yeah. what it probably was? It was probably because the New Yorker was like, surprised that I am like that because uh, I'm not from here. Right, right. Probably that's what it was. Yeah. It's like, you're from the Midwest. What? <laughs> what is this? Why are you okay with this? He's like, no, this is where I was supposed to be. I right. Was, I was built for this. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah. For the Midwest, you were built different, as they say. Yeah, well, just it felt like the engine was running on a different speed. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, you found uh, your people, though. Right, right, <laughs> right. I would love to stay here. Yeah, you came, you left and then came back. Yeah, so. that's right, that's right. This place makes sense. Yeah. Right. And for some reason, I love Florida, but I keep going back to it. <laughs> now, that's more confusing to me. I don't get that as much because I have my questions about Florida. Oh, your all of your questions as are valid. I haven't heard them, but does. they're valid. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone has questions about Florida. Right. But it's because I, I happen to make a lot of friends in the pocket within the red state so right. i go back to the blue pocket right i don't just go to anywhere in florida right i go to where my people live sure where my chosen family is right that's right, what right. i do i got you yeah whenever you go to i, I would go like into uh, pretty much to a lot of places just to have like you know see people that i know and mm-hmm. especially have a little enclave and be able to just kind of like hang out and mm-hmm. have a good time exactly right and you, you continue to build those relationship, relationships over years. I, I left where I was because of health reasons. I came back to New York. And I didn't talk to... 
or see people for a long time, even though I was planning on it. Um, then the pandemic happens, and then everything shifts by three years, right? Sure. So like, right. I was like, oh, it's been three years. Let me go back to Florida, and right. something happens, and I didn't, I didn't feel good about driving to Florida by myself, and I was like, oh, I'll go next month, and then the fucking pandemic happens. Yeah. And then you wait, you gotta wait three fucking years. Yeah. Now it would have been a year and a half or two years, but because Florida was like. We don't believe that the pandemic is real. Right. I was like, I'm not trying to die. So right. I don't want to go to Florida where nobody's vaccinated and right. nobody's wearing masks. Right. And there's a, I was like, this is not safe for me. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm like, I don't feel completely safe, but I feel safe enough. You got to go to the north where you can talk to the Jews who control the space lasers. The north, the north. So that you can, uh, you know. <laughs> I need to get in on how you control the spice lasers. I'm th- pretty sure it's Game Boy operated. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, that's a Japanese company. Now we're talking about international <laughs> shit. We're not even talking about just America stuff. We're right. talking about going across the world. I told you. I told you. That right. This is there's a storm a coming. We heard a little bit of a. The a Jews are on thunderous. their way. This yes, is, we just I the spoke. Space, the, he spoke. I spoke and it began to it, rain. It, yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. It's probably gonna hail too. I mean, I'm sorry, and you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> now explain how frozen balls of ice fall all the way from the sky down to the earth. It's warm here. <laughs> it is like ninety <laughs> degrees. Why haven't they all melted? Right, and that's I mean that's not even until you get into Celsius, you know. <gasps> What did you say? That's the devil's number. Get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> the devil. That's the devil's calculation. I don't yeah, even know how to right. do it. Yeah, that's right. Celsius is, is, is math for devil. It is math for devil. Yeah, that's how they say devil in math. Satan. <laughs> All hell, Satan and his Celsius. Satan, Celsius. It goes together. And also, why do you think that Satan is like, you know, mm. fake meat? Yeah, see, no. S-E-I-T-I-N is what he's talking about. A little too close to the it's devil again. Too, it's a little too close. Eat your, eat your pork for Jesus. <laughs> pork for Jesus. <laughs> pork rinds for Jesus. I'm, I'm sure if, if Jesus turned the water into wine, I'm sure he was chowing down. Okay, we've lost the entire stuff. We have not. We have not. <laughs> the people who chose to be here know why they're here. <laughs> and they understand what we're talking about, and they're with us. They're right. I hope, you're, I hope you got a craft cocktail in your hand That's while right. you're listening. That's right, a craft cocktail. Just hopefully that instead of like a gun from Walmart. A gun from Walmart. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Walmarts in New Jersey don't have guns, by right, the way. <laughs> right, right, Um No. That could be the name of a cocktail, though, gun from Walmart. Gun from, what would be in it? Okay, first of mm, all, Bud Light. Everclear. Bud Light, never clear. Bud Light, never clear. Just that. Yeah. <laughs> and some roses, lime juice. Ugh. Uh, the kind from the squeeze bottle. Yeah, that the looks squeeze like bottle that's already got sugar in it. Yeah. Yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, sugar, whatever. Like lime juice, corn syrup, Bud Light, and Everclear. And straight caro corn syrup. Not even. Not man. even like that's that's a whole lot is going out out there. Going. Yeah, that's it's setting up car alarms. Yeah. That is some serious thunder. That's how powerful my Jew laser is. Oh my god! <laughs> anyway, hold on. Oh my god! It's because we're on a podcast, so it's amplified. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's just the sound of our voices. Now you're not even seeing the pic. Imagine how powerful he'll be when you can see him on video. Oh wow! Yeah, he's not even wearing his yarmulke, y'all. It's more just because of the contrast to you. Because the thing is, I'm not anti-Jesus. I, I'm not anti-Jesus. I'm not. I actually kind of. I'm not. No, no. I'm cool with Jesus. It's the Christians I'm not super, super cool with. Right. I'm not anti-Jewish right. though. I grew up with Jews, so we're kind of on the same team. A no, bit. for sure. I just meant the 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 visual contrast to you. Oh, Once you see me. But we're exactly the same. We have the same haircut. That's <laughs> we true. Do. But the rest of us is also the same. There's no difference between either of us in any way. Just in terms of how other people might see us. How would other people see us differently? We look. We're we're all from the human race, and there's no differences between either of us. Oh right. Dude, we just we're not gonna go. With, <laughs> we're not gonna continue with the joke from last episode. We're just you're just leaving me out to hang. Okay. I'm just I'm just you're you know there's not I mean between a black woman and a white man there's not too much difference. Mm. Mm. That's where we are. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. No, there isn't. There isn't. Illustrating that, that by my haircut. Yeah, by our haircut. Our haircut. Our haircut. That's right. Of course, I did the white man thing and took it over. Oh, like, it's, it's yours now. Right. And the Jew- I occupied it. You did. Oh. <laughs> I. I was in Orlando when they did it's Occupy the time Orlando. I've done that. I won't it's... do this a lot. I okay. promise. Do you remember Occupy Wall Street? I mean, do I? Oh, All the Jews you, got a memo. Say, listen, they took our word. They took our Sorry. No, I will. I mean, <laughs> but it traveled all the way down to Orlando. So Occupy Orlando. Like, they did Occupy Wall Street. Right. And they were also oh, I knew it was, yeah. Occupy Orlando. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, I was here. I wasn't in the tents, but I was, like, I was here for it, you right. know? 
I just want to know if anybody who was in the protest had like an iguana on a leash that they brought with them. Ooh, sexy. That sounds like Florida to me. Oh yeah, or a baby alligator. Baby alligator. Yeah. You think anybody's ever had ever had tried to have sex with an alligator? Yes. All right. Yes. All right. Mm -hmm. Florida. <laughs> Not even just Florida. It's probably it's just, Arkansas. It's just yeah. For any man, for any man, it's like, can I stick my dick in it? <laughs> for any man anywhere is probably what he's thinking. Oh my god. He just has to fight that urge at all times. But right. can I stick my dick in it? Right. Like that's kind of the first. That's first. <laughs> first, it's more about retracting that, mm -hmm. and then we get back to zero, <laughs> and then we can start to be human <laughs> in terms of a way to con conversate. Mm -hmm. You know. <laughs> but beforehand it's like oh but I oh okay I can't just I need to get through that first and then give me a minute and then we can talk then we can talk I gotta get yeah. that out of my brain first <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> I shook it out yeah I don't know what we were, were we, did we have a topic in mind I mean no okay <laughs> We have well, been, we started our first, uh, well, oh, the, the last... Oh, did you finish the naked people on the beach? No. Okay. There was one more, one more guy afterwards. Okay. Um, but, uh, he, he, and this person was just walking, just for a walk, going for a walk. A naked dude, just yeah. walking. Yeah, and he was okay. holding his underwear in his hand. Oh. Yeah, like oh, he would need it later, right. but he didn't need it now. Not right now, though. Yeah. Yeah. He needed an air out, mm -hmm. and he needed to do that. In front of everybody, mm -hmm. and needed to walk through probably three or four hundred families, mm. you know, and then another six hundred individuals. But we're sure he was walking on the part of the beach where nudity is allowed. Are we sure about no, that? No, I'm saying that I'm pretty sure he wasn't. Both of these people were not. Okay. This was on Brighton where it's not allowed. Port Tilden and Rockaways is where they usually have that. All right. Yeah. Okay. But the first guy wasn't even really naked. He was just like, didn't have a lot on. And then I, when he was getting up, I saw his balls. Inadvertently. His corduroy scrotum. Um. <laughs> oh. All right. We're that, gonna was get... that was very artistically described. I vowed to get video just because we. it's too bad that y'all missed out on your no, reaction no, I, just when, there. When your reaction get, just there was incredible. When we get video, yeah. it's going to be a whole game changer. Right. It's going to be a whole different ball of wax. Mm. Yes. Right. Whole different, whole different wax of balls. Well, <laughs> both of those work for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, his were accidental. Mm -hmm. The other guy was like, I am walking around naked right now. Mm -hmm. And it was in an area where it was just going to have to be up to the cops to take him because, like, nobody else was going to. Yeah. And that's what, you know, it seemed like. It didn't see, unless what you're saying is true and you can, well, that's just being topless. Yeah, just, just topless as far that's as I know. Just topless. just topless. Yeah, so he was just like... Walking up and down the beach, dick out, you know, just going for a stroll. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. but we didn't. We, you know, we were just uh, we were just trying to enjoy ourselves, have a good day. Okay. You know. But there are places, probably that you've lived, where you're like, yeah, like that's just that's not a big deal. Like, people walk around naked on the right. beach here, and it's like it's not like a traumatic thing right. for a child to see. Right. Well, that's the thing. It's like the the body itself isn't really the the problem. Mm -hmm. It's not like in that case. It was just kind of like. I don't know. Like, I mean, in general, like, I've never really... I, I think it's more that I don't see us being able to handle it. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. Like, of course, I would love it if we were able to have nakedness. You know what I mean? And have, like... Also, specifically, as a person who's attracted to women, it'd be great if women felt as comfortable as they wanted to so I could just look at titties all day. Yeah. It'd be amazing. <laughs> you know? No bras, just thin shirts all the time. Beautiful. <laughs> I would love it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know what I mean? Sometimes the people who, who, the women who end up doing that are really like, I'm fucking doing this. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I, I have I'm not to. doing it for you. Yeah. I'm doing it for me. Absolutely. It's like, no, you're doing it for America. And despite me. <laughs> well, I despite think, me. <laughs> I think, I think, I think she's doing it for America. <laughs> but a lot of, I think, um, a lot of men, you know, are truly not able to just handle that reality. No, absolutely not. It's not, it's not possible. When you're living in a society that's still on the one hand denies rape culture exists at all and number two completely supports it yeah you cannot have both of those things exist and then also have women walking around in any state of undress or any state of scantily cloudness which right. we're encouraged to do right but still right 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 of course. you can't have those two you have like the society has to change so much in order for women to feel safe in most situations right being just existing right just existing at all yeah yeah and then the idea of constantly like 
seeing women being looked at in certain ways. Like, I remember noticing the first time I noticed when I was like 15, like watching that I was watching women, but women were also watching women. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like my classmates. Mm-hmm. So like it was like not and they, and they were watching us watch them. Mm-hmm. And so they were like we were just kind of like looking when something looked nice, whereas they were like studying their surroundings. Yep. When you're a woman, you have to you have to study your surroundings. Yeah. You have to be a people watcher because yeah. women have to look out for each other. Right. But also have to protect themselves in a I don't want to say a passive way, but in a um just an indirect way. Mm-hmm. So, like, when a man protects themselves, it's usually in a direct and active way. Mm-hmm. When right. women protect themselves, they want to avoid the conflict to begin with. Right. And that could involve management of a whole circumstance with yep. more than one person. It could yep. involve them going to a different place, yep. walking at a different speed, yep. whatever. Tone and, of voice. Yes. All of, all of that. Yeah. And you have to do that for yourself. And if you're conscious enough, you have to do that for other people. And right. be like, hmm, this, this, I see something brewing with this other person. I need to calculate how I can prevent something from happening potentially by joining her or going in her direction right. or adding my energy to whatever is going on right. to make sure that whatever I see potentially happening doesn't happen. Right. And that's interesting, I think, because that's something where that, that some men do experience but when they grow up in poverty, mm-hmm. just in terms of um, using connections and people around them to remain safe, mm-hmm. you know, forming groups. Yep. Being in a certain sort of a, a collective of some kind, identifying with a neighborhood, yeah, whatever it might be, or an ethnicity, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, <laughs> Dominicans sticking with each other, and, and then talking about like all of like how gangs get formed and all of that, which is not necessarily always like ethnically based, but yeah, but like people will find, I think that the the, the only men that have experience doing what women do all the time are men who grew up without, grew up in poverty. Yeah, poverty changes the power dynamic between the haves and the have-nots, and it does put, it puts everyone in a different category, so that even if you are technically a part of the majority, so even if you are a a white person, if you grow up poor, even if you're surrounded by other white people, if all those other white people have money and you don't, you've experienced a level of disenfranchisement and powerlessness that perhaps people who look like you didn't experience, but people who don't look like you did experience. And so you're probably going to identify more with the people who've had the similar experience than the people who didn't have your experience. I feel like that's ultimately true. Like, you know, I feel like that maybe everyone goes through a process where they don't understand yet. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like my cousin said something about that when she came from Israel to the States and was like, I am much more comfortable around Arabs here Mm -hmm. than American Jews. Mm. That was her first impression. And, you know, things developed. You know, she was here over a few years. But mm-hmm. on spec, first of all, it was like... <laughs> on spec. <laughs> it was like we uh, we cook similarly. Like we, you know what I mean? Like do want to do similar things. You know what I mean? Whatever it was. Yeah. But um, but that that can take a lot of different forms. Yeah. And it experience, can... Experience, though. It can. And, and just from... I can tell you about my experience and, and how, like, the converse could also be true. Not just for me, because my, my family is not, like, rich. But there are certainly... You know, like black families, like, like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air family, like right, like they were a rich black family in a white community, yeah. right? Even though you didn't see too many other people in the community, is mostly in the house. But the same, like I, w- I grew up middle class and I grew up in a very multicultural um, neighborhood. However, the the schools I went to were specifically were like half Jewish, half Korean, and then Spanish and black kind of peppered in there just for, <laughs> just for flavor, right. you know and. and <laughs> <laughs> So because the experiences I had growing up were more similar to the Jewish and Korean and and, um, Pakistani and Sri Lankan and whatever people I grew up with, I identified more with those people than I did with other black people because a lot of the other black people, if I was ever around them, which didn't happen a lot until I went to my high school, which was... Instead of walking to school two blocks up the street, mm-hmm. I was like, let me go all the way to the other side of town <laughs> because that's where the other black people are. Wow, and yeah. I wanted to like be around other people who looked like me, like not yeah. understanding that our different experiences would make me feel just as ostracized there. Mm-hmm. Not to say I didn't find some friends there because I did, sure. but I was, you know, too white for the black people there. Right. Right. And and I was, you know, too black looking for the white people I grew up around. Sure. So I just kind of was a lone wolf and did my own thing most of the time, which I'm okay with now. At the time, it was difficult. Mm. But if you asked me if I felt more comfortable around the people I went to school with or the people who looked like me, I had a different experience 
mm. and the people who looked like me. And also, they were the ones rejecting me. Mm-hmm. So why would I choose to be like, yeah, I want to hang out with these people? Right. It's like, no, I want to hang with the people I've been going to school with forever. And we have, you know, our, our parents, like, do the same thing and live in the same neighborhood. And we've had similar experiences. Sure. So, like, of course, you visually, the easiest thing to do is go, we look alike. We must have had the same experiences. Sure. And that's not the case. Right. Sometimes. Right, right. I mean, the experiences themselves can be, I mean, they are different depending on what you look like for sure. Um, but that's, that sort of like makes me think about the way that societies are formed. In this case, you have like school systems and all these communities set up where people end up on that sort of, like you said, like the person you were talking about, like the ones who added the flavor, mm-hmm. you were that in your neighborhood, right? manner speaking. Mm-hmm. White people also call that making a salad, I'm sure. <laughs> it's not about flavor, it's about salad. It's a salad. It's a casserole. Salad and casserole. <laughs> if it's cold, it's a salad. If it's hot, it's a casserole. Right. It's like, oh my God, you can't put mayonnaise in everything. Yeah, yeah. They, and actually, maybe that's what ranch is. It's salad mayonnaise. <laughs> For British people, it's salad cream. It's called salad cream. Oh, I said, God. sir, what did you just say to me? Salad cream. Salad cream. Now, that probably <laughs> tastes the same in a blender. I can understand the smoothie culture going for that. <laughs> um, but, like, I had kind of a opposite, ver- or like a tangential similarity version where, like, when we got to the States, I didn't really want to be in a community of Jews. Um, and the way I thought of it was like, I don't want to be surrounded with people just because they're supposedly my people. Okay. But I think in my case, that was more because I had met a few American Jews and I was like, this is not the same. This is not my thing. Yeah. Like it felt like I was being attached to a group that I didn't yet agree was mine. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, like I, you, you said I'm a part of your group. I didn't say I was a part of your group. Right. I haven't joined you yet. Right. And it's like, no, 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 you, you're one of us. It's that I didn't agree to that. <laughs> well, even that, my parents were saying it. Yeah. Like your parents were like, I mean, not like, you know, in some sort of like, you know, malicious way. It was like, no, Jewish Community Center, you can, you know, be JCC around some... JCC for the, for the uninitiated. <laughs> for the uninitiated. For the JCC. uninitiated. The yeah. JCC, right. I've known those three letters for a long time. Because <laughs> they were in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, there was a Jewish Community Center in Tulsa. And we went there and we would go swimming in the pool and stuff like that. But I never really connected with the idea of being connected with my people. Mm-hmm. It didn't make sense to me. Mm. And uh, I don't, I don't know. You got that liberal brain. Huh? You got that liberal brain. <laughs> I, don't th- I don't know if it was even that. It might have been just the fact that I'm also half Jewish and half Anglo-Saxon. So maybe I was just relying on my other half. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what I was doing. But in the moment, I didn't think that I, I didn't think of myself as American at all. Oh. I just, even though I was uh, raised to speak English with my dad and it was an American English and I just didn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, I don't know how I would have really processed that in the moment, but like. A sense of, be- so you didn't have that like innate sense of belonging. No. Right? Because like I, that's why I chose to go to school across town because I thought I right. was going to have a sense of belonging, right. which did not happen. Got you. Right. So maybe you just like, were like, I just don't even feel that. Here. Right. You had an impression of something mm-hmm. and it didn't end up being what you thought it was. And we both kind of ended up in a similar spot, but I had a different, like, I guess there was just less of a example that looked like my, that looked like what it was going to be mm-hmm. at all. So I was like, you know what? Fuck all this. Yeah. <laughs> right from the top. Yeah. I'll just have to start learning how to talk to these people. <laughs> Which is good because I, oh, it's not that I say I didn't learn how to do that. <laughs> Because I did learn how to, I did. I was in customer service for a little bit of time. So didn't you learn did, how to do what? You gotta, you gotta learn how to code switch. You know what I yeah, mean. So right. I did learn how to code switch. Right. Um, but now that I'm, now that I talk the way I do, and I talk to people about the things I talk about, I, it's, I learn. I've learned to talk to people in a way like 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 you mentioned. Um, you change your tone and your demeanor to influence the way the conversation is going. Right. So I've learned to do that. Right. But I don't care enough to talk to someone who I don't think I care about their opinion in a way that like makes them comfortable. It's, it's less about like whatever makes you comfortable. It's more about are you actually going to hear what I'm saying? Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. Also, I think we should clear up because some people probably think like, what do you mean influence how the conversation is going to go? Oh, okay. Go you know ahead. I mean? I we're didn't... not like, yeah, we're not, like talking about like some sort of psychological manipulation. <laughs> talking about like after having experience, I think, and I don't mean to speak for you, but 
the way you present information that you know you already have. Like, you have your opinion. Mm-hmm. Your opinion's already formed. Yeah. You're not working it out. You're just trying to get it out. Yeah. And if you are in a conversation, maybe there's something about your opinion that you can learn more about or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe there is. But mm-hmm. I mean, like, you're still, and that's the nature of talking to someone. But when you change your tone of voice mm-hmm. or your behavior, um, at least in my experience, it's more about just trying to make sure the message gets through. Right. And so... If I feel like I'm getting combative and that person maybe doesn't like, doesn't have the same kind of like, let's fucking argue it out. Yeah. And I will deliberately tone my shit down. Yeah. So that we can still stay there. Yeah, yeah. So the ar- so not argument. So the conversation can continue without turning into an argument or without turning combative. If you if you possibly can influence it to not do that, you right. will try to not do that. Absolutely. If the other person is determined to do it, you yeah. can't do anything about that because sure. they are determined to have an have an argument with you. Right. Well, this person on the other end is actually, I'm, I'm thinking of them as milder than I am. Okay. And so I'm toning myself down, but it also happens in the exact opposite way. Mm-hmm. Where I'm with someone who is extremely talkative, leads from one, to- one point into the next, has a lot of descriptors, and doesn't pause very much. Oh, you know? yeah. So, so it doesn't understand like how conversation works. I have, uh, <laughs> I have a few friends like that, uh, because like one in particular does, like he does focus on you as the listener. But there was a lot, we just don't seem to ever, it's like, it's like a, it's like a hyper aversion to small talk. Yeah. So we get into it immediately. Yeah. But even then I I do find myself raising my tone to match his Mm. when I'm in it with him and I will actually interrupt more and I'll cut him off sometimes. Yeah. Because it, because if you're too, if you're too neutral and mellow, he'll just talk over you. Yeah. And he'll keep going. Complacent in a way. Yeah. Yeah. He'll just be like, and that, that's what I call a lecture. (laughs) I actually, I had, I had to tell, and the thing is I do feel bad because of the reaction, but I, I honestly feel like it was for, it was for the greater good. There's a specific situation that happened many years ago in Orlando where this particular guy who I met through the poetry scene Mm -hmm. tended to corner people and start talking to them about subjects that were interesting to him but the other people may or may not have had any interest in it when you say start to corner people i'm just curious not like he was actually a very, his stature was quite small he was a small right. guy but he would corner people i think emotionally okay he would start talking to them about something very in a very deep way but it was a subject that the other person wasn't necessarily interested in sure and yeah. he wouldn't stop to check in any way if the other person was interested. Was interested, right. he would just talk, right? And talk and talk and talk. Right. And I, as an observer, I observed that several times, and I was like, "Oh, that's uh, now I know what to expect if he starts to talk to me," you know. And yes. then, and separately, it's good to notice that. It well, you know, helps you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I still do it, uh, but yep. no, <laughs> mm-hmm. no. I try to check to see if the other person is interested. And mm. Most of the time, unless I have a really, really strong opinion, and then I don't necessarily care if the other person cares about what I'm talking about. I'm just like, hey, I have an opinion, and you need to hear it. But it's not often that I do that. Right. But the point, Usually, there's a build up to that. Well, yeah, yeah. So this one of the guys who was he wasn't a bartender. He worked at the at the place where we congregated. Started talking about him, and he's like. Yeah, man, like, I, that's the only person I, like, can't talk, I can talk to anybody. Right. But that guy, like, I can't talk to him. Right. And being who I am, I was just like, I don't love it that people are talking about this guy behind his back and are not telling him to his face, like, what they're saying. Mm. So I went up to him, and I was like, listen. (laughs) I was like, listen, not not trying to hurt your feelings. A conversation is when you talk to someone about something that hopefully you're both interested in. Uh Uh-oh. And then you stop talking and yeah. you let the other person respond to you. Mm. And then you both do that thing back and forth. And this had any build up or you just walked up to nope. him and said it? I just walked up to him and said okay. it. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'd known him for about two years at that point. Like right. I knew who, I we knew each other. Sure. Was, I didn't go up to a stranger. No, we, I get you. you know I, I, I got mean? you that he was in your circle yes. in the group. You know what I mean? But yeah. yeah. And I just was like, I can't stand this anymore. I need, right. and, I, and and obvious, and honestly, it was, it was the fact that people were talking about him behind his back that prompted me really to go up to him that night right that's really what what i just don't like that right if you have so much to say about somebody say it to their face well that's i believe that but at the same time i feel like and again this kind of depends on the circle that you're talking about Mm -hmm. like how how connected people are tangentially versus like an actual conversation Mm -hmm. you know i think that honesty overall is the best thing like even you going through this particular moment Nobody else could even really be that mad at you. The only person that could be frustrated is him. Yeah, right. But that would be the nature of telling someone the truth. 
Right. It's not always pleasant. Yeah. And if it, if it didn't need to be said, then there wouldn't be any source of discomfort. Exactly. Um, and someone else would have probably done it before, way before I did it. Yeah. It's so uncomfortable I mean, that nobody else wanted to do it, even though everyone... So I said, so I said the thing, I was like, uh, what you do is a lecture. You just start talking to somebody right. about something without checking to see if they're interested and you just keep talking and you don't let the other person respond to you. Right. And I was like, I'm just letting you know because I, and I told him like people, people talk about the, how you are behind your back and I don't, right. I don't like that. And I want you to know mm-hmm. that that's happening and I don't think it's okay. Right. I was trying to be as gentle as possible. And he just went yeah. silent mm. and walked out. Wow. <laughs> he just left. And I was like, and then, and of course, other people, I was trying, I wasn't saying it like out loud so everyone could hear me, but it's a small space. So the people who were watching me knew, heard me and heard what I was saying. Right. And several people were like, thank you. <laughs> thank right. you for not, for, yeah, that's for how it goes. you doing the hard thing. Right. You know what That's I mean? That's how it can go. There's another. Sometimes also when it happens, you tell a story about like how you got into a conversation with someone. <laughs> I've had this, and I'm like, I fucking told them after a while I couldn't take it anymore. And then someone else is like, I got into it with him two months ago. Yeah. You know, and like you realize they've been told this. And they sometimes. didn't. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't. They chose to ignore it. They chose yeah. Because because at some point after that, he can no longer say, Oh, I didn't know. Right. I told you. Right. So now we know you're doing it on purpose if you continue to do it. Yeah, and then you actually, it's just better legal recourse, you know? <laughs> it's just a better, uh, smarter, smarter maneuver in general. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's something that I think, yeah, a lot of people do struggle with. Like, and it's it's a weird thing because it, it sort of appears like confidence if you don't look at it. Right. If you don't think about it, it looks like confidence. Yep, just like Jordan Klepper says. If you, <laughs> <laughs> you don't think about it, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it looks like they're not shy, mm-hmm. and that may actually be true. They may not be shy, mm-hmm. but it's like you, you're, you're not, you're not really doing what you think you're doing. You're not interacting with people. Exactly. You're not interacting. Right. You're not having a conversation right. with that person. You're just talking at someone. You happen to them. Yeah. <laughs> Like, this guy happened to me. Yeah. Like, what is they're like this? a natural disaster. They like pass through. Uh-huh. And you, know, you just like, happened to be in their wake. Yeah. <laughs> you were just there, but you didn't, there was nothing, you didn't have any effect on them. <laughs> they didn't need you to, I mm-hmm. guess. They were just like, they needed you to be there because otherwise who would they be talking to? Right, right. But it's, yeah. Yeah. They needed you to be there, but they also needed you to not be confident enough to be like, hey, just like, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I'm not, I have something else to do or I'm just like not super into what we're talking about right now. Right, Is it right, okay right. to change this? Like you, even though it feels like someone else happened to you, you still you still have to accept that you didn't also stand up for yourself and say I'm not right. I'm as not well. here for this. As well, it's another side that for sure. We're just talking about this particular person yes. that you knew, but absolutely, I think that's that's one of the things I remember when I was younger that was so important to me because I always felt like the biggest arguments I got into at home with my mom or you know all that mm-hmm. stuff got into like I felt like she always won the arguments Mm. and then I remember knowing somewhere that she appreciated logic Mm -hmm. Um, even though the older she got the more it seemed like she was using it for her own benefit and then stopped appreciating logic as much oh yeah yeah (laughs) but when you're younger I think it's like you're still building a life things are like they're different Mm -hmm. but that was one of the things that I wanted to work on was like I hated the feeling of finishing a confrontation and not and feeling like I didn't get to say what I should have said, mm. and usually it would just be because there was tension in there, and it was like, well, do I really want to take it to this level? Mm. And it was like, well, I'm here. Yeah. I mean, there has to be a reason that I won't take it to that level, mm-hmm. not a reason that I should. Like the, that to me sounds like, and I'm, that's not true for everybody. I think that's true for me. Yeah. Because, um, it's not that I'm ultimately confrontational. I also have the people pleaser energy, and I want to make sure that I'm. Mm. You know, like that's a big dichotomy, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I am stubborn and opinionated, and I do love discussion, and I want to talk about things. But at the same time, I'm constantly trying to figure out if I am, you know, I don't know, out yelling you, or, <laughs> or like just kind of like mm-hmm. going point by point, because this is how I was trained to argue: point by point, mm-hmm. take you here, make you listen to this. Yeah. And then. Sometimes I see literal frustration in people's faces where they're just like, but I, okay. And then I try to literally, I'll stop. Mm -hmm. And I see that it takes them longer to get to their point than it does me. Yeah. Not always. I can talk for a long time, as everybody knows. But, you know, (laughs) but usually the point is something that I'm starting with. Right. You know? Like, here's the point, and then here's how I got there. Yeah. And most people who don't, who uh, maybe 
are not as uh, practiced in the art of debate. Debatey. Will kind yeah. of just start talking and sort of me and they, there's a point there's a, there's a point that's like obtusely over here, and they're like. How do I meander my way into the point I was trying to make? Right. And you're like, why didn't you start with that? You yeah. know? And it's right. like because they haven't figured it out either. Sometimes figured... it is that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know if it's that all the time, but no, it no, definitely no. is people killing time sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I haven't ha I you know what? If someone didn't start with a point and I wouldn't think that they had the point and just felt like keeping my capturing my attention for an amount of time. Like I, maybe I just haven't come across those kinds of people. Yeah. Maybe I just assume if the point isn't made quickly that they don't have one yet and they're figuring it out as they go. And maybe well, that's not not the case. Yeah, no, I think it happens to me almost always in a point in a conversation when I feel like we are beginning to cycle. Mm. So like we've been in this topic. Yeah. And I'm getting more impatient and the person starts to talk and I'm like bro, we were here. We like, did this already. We were here 15 minutes ago, but yeah. then they're kind of giving this like no, but that's not no, this I'm is different. I'm referencing that, I, I'm but I'm like, okay, a different I'll take a, yeah. take a minute, let you finish. And then I'm like, it was the same thing. Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> and then I, I don't know why I waited. And then, but sometimes it's, it's, it's sometimes you do find out something new. But I think more often than not, I get They're to a place repeating. where I'm like, that's not. Yeah, that didn't help. There was nothing new in that. Yeah, or maybe you saw something new. Now. I didn't see anything new in what you said. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm also thinking about them and trying not to make... You know what? I'm still trying to figure out it's how... It's the Taco Bell of conversations. It's the same five ingredients. You just you just put it together in a different way. Yeah, But it's right. the same ingredients. Right, right. <laughs> it's like you thought it was a new special dish, but I taste the same thing. Well, I do, I do rely on Taco Bell sometimes, you know? <laughs> I do. I miss the grilled stuffed burrito. I don't know what they call it now. It's something else. Yeah. You, you could make it if you ordered something else and then changed out the I think I could. I don't know if I want to have the patience to figure it out. No. I'll just go to Checkers. Mm -hmm. Checkers? There's yeah. a Checkers around here? Yeah, there's one right right down the street. Interesting. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. That's one of the few things. Not that this has anything to do with what we're talking about. No. One of the things I do... Fast food of thought just became fast food. It did. Well, Taco Bell specifically... <laughs> Taco Bell specifically has a real knack for like tricking our brains into thinking that they did some new shit. And yeah, they didn't, you know what I mean. <laughs> well, I do feel like you think Taco Bell does that more than other fast food places. Yes. Really? Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, th there's been very new, very few new things at uh, new quote unquote things at other fast food restaurants. It's it's really just a cycle. Like the McRib comes back like every other sure. stuff. You know what I mean? Right, right. And the and the and Burger King does like a special I don't know Swiss cheese and mushroom mopper like every two years. It's the same but thing. But is that what Taco Bell new. is doing? They're making up new stuff. No, no, no. Taco Bell is making quote unquote new things, but right. it's the same ingredients. Okay, but isn't that kind of also because they can make up Spanish words and tell us it was Mexican? <laughs> right. <I know. laughs> yeah. It is kind of like that. <laughs> It's like, they put it in a taco shell that's seasoned with Doritos nacho cheese. It's still a taco, you yeah, know? Yeah, it doesn't upset anybody. That's like, because it's like, there's no ethnicity behind this. It's not anything anymore. This is straight up American food. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah. The closest thing to that would be like Russian dressing on the Big Mac. Oh, God. Oh, God, no. No, I think that's what they use. Is it? Oh, is it Thousand Island? No, you You think I think you're the thinking special of special dressing. sauce, but that's McDonald's. That's but, what I mean. It's like I'm comparing it to. Oh yeah, yeah. In a way that something that doesn't have like a background, as opposed to people who could be like, "That's not how a burger yeah. happens." Yeah, happens. That's you not know? how you make a burger. Got a daddy burger oh. having sex with a mommy burger. Oh, and they make a baby burger. Wow. That's how burgers happen. When a daddy mom, daddy mom, when a daddy, <laughs> when a daddy burger loves a mommy burger very much. <laughs> They just, they hug real tight. Yep. And then nine months later. They become a, a Big Mac. It's a baby. There's, there's a third layer of bread. <laughs> right. Who, who said I needed more bread? <laughs> who, who wants more bread in their That's burger? That's the baby. That's, That's the, the baby. baby burger. Yeah. yeah right Yeah, the, the club sandwich. <laughs> Not a fan of the club sandwich? No. <laughs> I'm a Wendy's girl. Ma'am. This Man, is a Wendy's. Okay, this okay. is a Wendy's. Okay. I'm a, I'm a Wendy's a Wendy's girl. Wendy's was just strange to me because that's where everybody went to dunk their fries in the Frosties. Mm -hmm. That confused me so much. Mm -hmm. I was like, where did you move me to? My parents. <laughs> that's how I feel about putting salt in my chocolate and caramel. Is how you oh, feel about putting fries right. in Right, I get you because I'm the opposite with that. I'm yeah. like, fine. I'm like, no. Like no. some of those like home, homemade cookies that have a little bit of salt on them. I just taste, it just tastes saltier. I don't think yes, it, it does. does. You know what, I don't, I don't think it, <laughs> oh, it does. Oh, yes, I does. do think it also enhances the flavor. No, 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 I don't. See, I when, when you. you add salt inside the mix, I'm all for that because it enhances mm. the flavor. Okay, but fair. But when you sprinkle fair. it 
at the end on top, it Fair. it just makes it saltier, and my whatever's supposed to happen in my brain doesn't happen. I'm just I would like, rather it's have just it saltier. in the batter as well. Okay. I would rather. Okay. I would rather because I also just don't want to chew on salt kernels. <laughs> I mean, that's what they, that's what a lot of it is. Just like there's just salt on it, you know. Yeah, but if it's inside like a chocolate bar. Yeah. I could handle that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and it's a, it is supposed to be. Yeah. It, that's where it, that's where the salt should be. It's inside. The, the chocolate. The th- chocolate caramel cookie dough brownie batter, whatever you make. Right. As an aside, as someone who used to. Uh, I'm just looking for a sexual metaphor. I, I can't just, find one. I couldn't find one either. <laughs> but I just I just pushed up my imaginary glasses as I was about to say this thing. Right. <laughs> I right. was like, let me get into some food science here. You do look, you know, smarter already. <laughs> do I? Yeah. Or do I just? Which look is a, hard to do. A little special. Of course. She's just pushing up her imaginary glasses over right. and over again. Right. No, uh, chocolate, coffee, and cinnamon are a trifecta that always work together. Whenever you have one, yeah. you can add the other two, and it and enhances it. Right. So you're making something with coffee, you can always add chocolate and or cinnamon, and it will make it better. Sure. If you have something cinnamon-flavored, you could add chocolate or coffee. Mm-hmm. If you're making something chocolate-flavored, you can add cinnamon or coffee sure. or both, and it will enhance the flavor. And does this expand into, like, the nutmeg Allspice okay. kind of cardamom world. Ooh, you just went nutmeg was like specialty, and then, <laughs> and what was the middle one? The uh, last one was allspice. cardamom. Allspice is like real specialty because allspice has cloves. I didn't in even it. get to chicory root. Whoa! Because <laughs> that's, that's, that's the stuff that goes in like root beer, long. right? Like that's like it's in like, I think some root beers, yeah. Yeah, it's like I a sarsaparilla like kind of thing. Most of them, I think. Yeah. 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 And then cardamom. I had, I actually helped to write a a, a, right, right, right. a a recipe book that was based on cardamom. Really? I did. Did you? You go real special to there. Oh my! Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> I'm Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poem. Oh he my cardamom! Me. And I, oh my cardamom! Yeah. Oh my cardamom! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. That was a moment. Science nerds. Well, cardamom. Car- I mean, come on. But spices are science. Yeah, but I mean, I, if we're talking about spices, I wouldn't go immediately into science. I would start with the, the chefs, you know. Food. We're food nerds. <sighs> I guess because we talked about science and Chefs life. are more creativity. But we're still talking about cardamom. We are talking about cardamom. If you're going to use cardamom in your dish, you do. You need, you need to know what you're doing. It's not like salt or pepper. Well, you need to know what yeah. you're doing with it. Yeah. You can't just add it to anything and expect it to taste good. Right, right. That's special. Yeah. Just like we add uh, basil to our craft cocktails. Yes. And if you don't like the anise flavor yeah. that is present in basil, you're not going to like our cocktails. Right. But... But don't some people like can, can like enjoy basil and not like anise? I'm one of them. Okay. Yes. Right. So weirdly, I do not like black licorice. I don't like star right. anise. I'm the same with that. Yes, but yeah. I like the anise flavor of basil, I guess because there's an herbaceousness to it that balances it out. Well, I don't know, like the anise flavor, because I'm, I'm, I think I'm the same way, but like overall, I don't know about exactly, but like the, the liqueurs like ouzo and, mm. um, all the ones and and pastis and and absinthe as well, even though absinthe Ooh. has a little more going on. Absinthe, I haven't had. Absinthe is really interesting, but it's like it's more than the licorice flavor. There's like, and I don't know if all of them necessarily have them that strong, because there's wormwood and gentian root and mm-hmm. a bunch of other things going on. Mm-hmm. But with the Sambuca and stuff like that, it's too much for me. What about Aperol? Is that also... I've never even thought of Aperol as related to any of that. Oh, I, that's why, because I, I don't know anything about it. Oh, I was just like, I I've you. heard of Aperol. Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Aperol, that's funny. Aperol is, yeah, it's another liqueur, but I mean, it's like okay. mostly like orange rind flavor. And sure. it's um, pretty much like considerably less alcohol also. It's one of the lowest alcohol liqueurs that people use. Okay. It's like 11% alcohol. It's like wine. Yeah, less than one even. Less than one, yeah, yeah. So you could just drink a glass of Aperol if you want. As someone once said this, <laughs> yeah, someone once said this, like, wine, the classiest way to be an alcoholic. <laughs> sure, well, that, that works at, the, at first. And you see what you end up like. I mean, yeah, wino is a whole different kind of drunk. It is. It's a very different drunk. Yeah, I think you think that you're a writer. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's all about manifestos. And Whereas, right now, as we record this, both the actors and writers are on strike. Yeah, that's right. But and we yeah. actually haven't. Yeah, we haven't talked about that yet. Let's let's talk about let's talk about the creative process. <coughs> Next time we're writing about an hour. Okay. So let's so yeah. let's, uh, let's. Why don't we go into that as our our, our, our next clo- one? Yeah, closer because it's uh it's it's four ten. Right. So if you do want to like wrap up around five, like yeah you know, yeah right. Want to do that? 
Yeah, yeah, that would be great. We can still push like five fifteen if we need to. Okay. But yeah. Sounds good to me. Um, but do we have enough to end this and then start another one? Yep. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, riveting and winding mm. road that we've been on. The long and riveting. <laughs> yeah. Long and thick and riveting. Mm. Wow. <laughs> and ribbed for her pleasure. That is an advertisement. <laughs> she was like, you have a riveting dick? <laughs> I would like to be riveted. It's like... I appreciate being it's riveted. Like, it like tells a story? It sure does. It's <laughs> wow. beautiful. It tells a story. Riveting dick. Mmm. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Riveting Richard. <laughs> yeah. Goes by Dick Rivet. Dick Rivet by Dick Rivet. Dick Rivet for short. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Everything is Fine with thank Georgia you. and Yoni. And Yoni's here. Yoni's here too. We'll, yeah. s- we'll see you next time. Right. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.